Hello, and welcome to the EIC Scaling Club podcast, where we share interesting insights from leading European deep tech entrepreneurs, investors, and industry experts. You've come to the right place. Now sit back and enjoy the podcast. Hey, this is Robin Waters here from Tech.eu and EIC Scaling Club. I find myself in Warsaw at the OTB Venture Summit, uh, OTB being a really deep, um, large deep tech investor here in the CE region. And I'm sitting down with Raphael. He is the co-founder and CEO of a company called ICI. ICI? ICI. ICI. There you go. Uh, Raphael, uh, welcome to Warsaw. You're a local, aren't you? Uh, yes, local to Poland, definitely. Somewhat local to Warsaw. I was, I was born in, in Katowice originally. And uh, and then moved here to to study, uh, but indeed most of my life I've I've been living in Poland. What is ISI? So ISI, um, as a name actually, which which tends to um, be somewhat confusing, combines two words, ice and I, um, which is what what ISI sort of um, um, emerges from. Uh, we have started this company in order to to observe um, ice in the Arctic. But maybe let me let me rewind and and, and go to um, to the start. So. ISI is a company that uh, designs, builds, and manufactures uh, small radar satellites. Uh, this is a, a radar. It's an imaging radar instrument or, or technically a synthetic aperture radar. Um, satellites equipped with such a radar allow us to take pictures of the globe, and we can see through clouds and darkness, which means that we can take a picture um, any time of, of day, regardless of, of weather conditions. And so... Uh, today we we own and operate uh, over twenty of those satellites, and that allows us uh, something which is called high revisit. Uh, basically, it's an ability to very often see the same location. So now that we're sitting here in Warsaw, um, if I were to task the constellation, we would get a picture every about an hour and a half. Fantastic! How did the company get started? What's the background? So we were part of uh, we. I'm saying myself and uh, my co-founder Pekka. We were part of a small satellite community or a CubeSat community, how it used to be called back in the days. Uh, that was back in, in 2010. Uh, we were working on a, on a CubeSat for the university uh, in Helsinki, Alto University, and the CubeSat was called Alto One. And we were part of the community bus that was generally debating uh, how to convert this, this new science into, into ventures. Uh, we joined a venture formation course, uh, Talked to our professors, they've encouraged us to start, and uh, we decided to kick it off. I wish uh, more tech companies uh, in Europe were created that way, but it's great that it happened uh, for you at Alto. Um, what was the next step? You, you said like uh, this is more than 13 years ago. Uh, what were the early years like? The early years were um, super R&D focused. I, I think in, in this way, we are, we are almost somewhat unique. We are a, a deep tech company that did not emerge out of... Uh, a lab um, inheriting a bunch of technology. Uh, we have not transferred the technology out of university, nor we have uh, acquired that technology. We actually had to develop it from scratch. Um, what we've inherited and learned at the university is that it is possible to build satellites in a smaller way, uh, but we have not particularly built a, a SAR or a radar satellite in the past. So the, the first few years is actually uh, focused on payload and uh, an antenna development, so very, very deep tech, hardcore R&D. Uh, at 2015, we are reaching the, the point where we can actually showcase this to, to some of the curious people, and we acquire our first customer, and uh, that's back in the days, ExxonMobil. 
So that was already five years in. Uh, during the fir first five years, I'm assuming that you uh, relied on, on research grants and other types of funding uh, to keep you afloat? Yes, so the, the first financing indeed was, was provided to us uh, through grants, um, whether that was university grants, so Alto University grants, or further a grant from an organization called Tekas, uh, nowadays what's called Business Finland. Great, fantastic. So uh, fast forward to today, uh, how big is the company and what is sort of the type of business that you built on top of all of that R&D? Yeah, so the company is uh, already quite large. We are a post-series D company. That means that we've raised uh, a little bit over $300 million. Uh, we are um, 600 people in operations and, and you know, we've built and launched 28 satellites. Uh, we have three main business lines. Uh, we built constellations of satellites for those that would like to own one. Uh, we own our own constellation and we sell access to that constellation uh, on image-by-image -image basis as a, as a service, so you can subscribe to that service. Or then we fuse the data that our constellation uh, provides us, we task the constellation, and we focus on tackling the natural catastrophes where we work very closely with insurance industry and civil governments. And of those three that you just mentioned, which one is the, the fastest growing or the most promising down the line? Or is the idea to really keep those three uh, also in the future? Actually, the idea is to, to keep on expanding into, into more verticals. The vision for the company is to bring all sorts of Earth observation into the hands of the decision makers. So the way we are looking at the natural catastrophe business line is we are trying to fuse Earth observation data to ready insights, insights that can be used in decision making either by the government that's trying to deploy its, its troops to, to, support, uh, to support the recovery uh, operation or for an insurance company uh, in order to support recovery and, and claims operations. So that's a decision-making supported by air observation. And we would like that to be the case not only for, for civil government insurance, but we would like that to be the case for virtually any industry out there. So we expect that in the future more and more verticals will be added to it. Very fascinating company. Uh, now, Rafael, you've been in the business for, or in the space tech industry for quite a while now, so you're a good person to ask. How do you rate the space tech ecosystem in Europe uh, compared to the rest of the world? So, you know, I think the, the ecosystem in Europe has a, a lot of potential. Uh, there is a lot of very highly qualified people, um, and it is a, it's a vibrant ecosystem from, from that perspective. Um, it unfortunately suffers a little bit from, from the lack of... Um, early market opportunities. Um, you know, it's it's difficult to begin your, your startup journey by uh, selling into, into companies that do not know how to use your products or you have to go through the market education process. What very often happens is this is where the governments uh, step in. Uh, the governments begin sort of by, by becoming anchor customers, anchor tenants. Uh, it can be governments, space agencies, and of course, in the, in the space organizations. So those contracts are highly necessary. And I think, you know, we are still learning in Europe how to use those mechanisms in order to support our, our nascent, nascent companies. Uh, this is definitely being done in the United States very actively. And, you know, we, we see that that's the case. Actually, from the herb observation perspective, um, you know, United States itself as one country represents a little bit over 50% of the global market. So you can see how big of a difference we are talking about. Yeah. Great. Final question to wrap up. What is your big long-term, hairy, audacious, whatever you want to call it, uh, vision for the company? Yeah, so, so, you know, if, if what I'm building is, is uh, about to turn true, then 10 years down the line, you guys are going to use space-based imagery to make your own decisions. We really hope that 
you know, we can move from business to government to business to business and ultimately to business to consumer. Uh, I believe the information that we are capturing is useful to everybody, uh, but we have to reach the scale, both in terms of the amount of data as well as, as, well as a price level, so that you can use information on daily basis. I can tell that I do. Whenever I go with Pekka for kayaking trips, we actually check, check satellite data to verify whether the sea is still frozen in Finland. But that's just, just a small, small example of what you can do. There is actually way, way, way more that you could do more efficiently by using our observation information. Amazing. Rafael, thank you so much for your time. Uh, great to meet you here in Warsaw and uh, best of luck with the company. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the EIC Scaling Club podcast. For more interesting insights on European deep tech, subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and our newsletter on eicscalingclub.eu. See you. Thank you.